Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry, with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. The Links and Locks Podcast. Podcast. Better than most. Better than most. Better than most. <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner. You got real talent. Don't concentrate on golf. Hello, you beautiful degenerates, and welcome to Links and Locks, the Action Network's golf betting podcast presented by Bet365. This is your 2024 WM Phoenix Open tournament betting preview alongside Nick Bretwish and Spencer Aguiar. I'm Roberto Arguello, and we've got a fun episode for you today. This is the Phoenix Open preview. It's the People's Open, a fun tournament, big ball, big time ball strikers golf course. So Hopefully, we can stay hot for you after Spencer hit on Wyndham Clark last week. He successfully convinced me for the in-pod play to add Wyndham Clark at 100-1. to So, Spencer, you've hit on Wyndham Clark at 100-1 to last week. You hit on him last year at the U.S. Open at Los Angeles Country Club. What do you got for your best bet this week as this is now transitioned from a Jason Day podcast to a Wyndham Clark podcast? Yeah, very unfortunate on the Jason Day front there. It's been a it's probably been since I would say 2014 that he's been my favorite player and uh like don't think that all of a sudden once I got a Twitter presence that this started. Like this has been something that's been going for a lot longer than that and uh breakups are difficult. I uh, you know, it's it's never easy moving on and and going, but I think this is the right time in life to move over to the Wyndham Clark route and uh, I just, you know, it's, it's really funny, Roberto, and, and I'll give my pick in one sec. I just want to talk about this Wyndham thing no very quickly. It's very interesting because this, and I mentioned this to you on the show, the same upside numbers that pop for him at the U S open pop for him last week at Pebble beach. It's such an interesting situation to where like the, there was nothing about the form that could have put you on him. There was nothing about really a lot of the ways that he was performing that would have put, would have made you think that that was going to happen. But a lot of those trending numbers of how I run my data to mimic a specific venue uh, really popped for him at LACC. And then it really popped for him at Pebble Beach. And, you know, I think that California answer now seems to be a real thing for Wyndham. There's just certain players that play better out there. Um, very happy to get on that. Uh, I'm going to be a team player, though, for the best bet here. I think this is a very challenging best bet board. And that's something this year that I've prided myself on, like, my best bet last week was Sung Jay over Cameron Young. That bet came in. I, I think the last handful have come in. I didn't want to go to a matchup this week. There's very little value that I found. We still have books entering in the space. I'm going to let Nick have the plus 550 play that I was going to talk about. Uh, so let it be known that I'm a team player there. But I'm going to go with a matchup. I will stay steady in that area. I don't think this is the greatest value play I've ever seen. I think there's enough to punch a ticket at this particular price. But Eric Van Royen, minus 106 over Christian Bezaden. All right. Let's see if we can stay hot this week. Nick, who you got for your best bet this week? Yeah, uh, Spencer's on it too. So we were talking about it on the Better Golf Pod. And he signed off on it. One of the bigger edges I have, especially in the outright market. But we'll talk about the outright market and if it's even possible that Scotty Scheffler does not win this tournament. But I'm going to go with Corey Connors, top 10, plus 550 with our boys at Bet365. All right, I'm also going to jump into the top 10 market for my best bet, and I'm going to go Kurt Kitayama plus 650 
for a top 10. Before we get into those top 10 bets, Spencer, break down your matchup bet for us. So the one thing I'll say about this play, at least from a con perspective of it, is that Bezadenhout is a safer commodity than I normally would prefer to take on weekly. He's just outside the top 50 in my overall head head rank. He climbed marginally higher from there for safety. However, at the end of the day here, I'm going to go back and pinpoint this to the data, why my model doesn't love him outside of, yes, he has fine, I don't want to say stellar. I mean, he's inside of the top 30 for me, so it's better than I would normally like to see. But uh, fine TPC play historically. The weighted proximity numbers are going to also be a positive for him. Although I just want to note, that's an area that gets reduced by over 5% at TPC Scottsdale versus a normal course. When you look on the flip side of that, he ranked a paltry 79th for weighted scoring, 75th in expected weighted tee to green play to mimic the course, 112th for aggression. I don't think the floor is as low as I ideally would like to have for one of these tournaments that has a cut, but I'm going to trust Van Royen here. Nine top 30 finishes globally in his past 10 starts. That's going to include a victory at the Worldwide Technology Championship in November. And I just think if we're going safety versus safety, I do prefer the Van Royen route. And then all of a sudden you add in the upside of where my model does like him as an outright bet when he opened at 125 to one. We've seen that number come down at some shops recently. I'll get more into that outright uh, portion of that bet later in the show, but uh, very small edge. It's probably, I think mathematically, it's the second smallest edge that I've had on a head-to-head play this year that I've given out. You know, naturally the other one ended up winning. So like, it doesn't necessarily mean a small edge is going to translate negatively here, but I'm not trying to break the bank on this wager. This is a very small bet and it's going to be a minimal card for me in general. I think that makes a lot of sense. Nick, tell me why you're going with Corey Connors for top 10 at plus 550. Yeah, so looking at course history and everything like that, he's he's safe here, going to make the cut You know, more times than not. I think he's four straight here in the four times that he's played it. But this is a ball strikers course. It is probably the highest weight that I have to overall ball striking for any tournament we've played thus far. He's been lights out with the driver, lights off off the tee. The approach game, I think, leaves a little bit to be desired in terms of Corey Connors, but he grades overall 18th for me in safety and then seventh for upside. So to get, you know, five and a half to one on someone that I I guess would kind of put right around that 10th to 12th finishing finishing position, I'm going to be all over Corey Connors here in a watered down field, something we haven't seen at uh, the WM Phoenix for quite some time. I think this is a course that he should be able to tear up in a field that he should be able to tear up and finish inside the top five. Um, so to get that top 10 number at plus 550, I'm going to ride the ball striker himself, Corey Connors here. Awesome. I love it. I'm going to be on quite a few ball strikers whose putting are questionable as well, uh, but we'll save that for the outright card. Speaking of ball strikers who struggled on the greens, my best bet this week is Kurt Kitayama plus 650 for a top 10, and it's because of the ball striking. Kitayama absolutely hits lasers. If you look at some of his results on other strong ball striking courses on the PGA Tour, we know last year he showed he has what it takes to win among the strongest fields in the world when he won at the API. And that that was one of the few tournaments where he gained strokes putting because it's been a struggle for him since then. He also finished in a tie for fourth at the PGA Championship last year when he gained strokes putting. But since then, he's only gained strokes putting one other time. That was at the Charles Schwab Challenge last May. So Putting it has been an adventure for him. I think the last test on the PGA Tour that was really a strong ball striking test was the Zozo Championship. Not quite as big of a ballpark as this week, but Kitayama finished T16 there in October. Unfortunately, we don't have any data from that, so maybe he gained strokes putting, not sure. But looking at his approach numbers, gain strokes on approach in each of his last six track tournaments, gain strokes off the tee in, in eight of his last nine. So I know that he can get it to the green, Around the green, he's also pretty solid. Gain strokes around the green in four of his last five track tournaments. But the putting has been poor. Hopefully, we get lucky this week and he's just a zero or he gains. And so I'm going to shoot for upside with him. I don't think he's super safe. But I think that if he can get it together on the putting greens, he could win this tournament. So give me a top 10 on Kurt Kitayama at plus 650. Fellas, let's get into our course preview here at TPC Scottsdale before we hop into outrights in just a moment. Spencer, I'll let you have the floor. Yeah, so we have 132 players that are slotted to tee it up this week and take on what is really an exciting property at TPC Scottsdale. I've always said that the course is as much flash from a structural perspective as it is fun in its nature. Uh, everybody's going to talk about just the fanfare that you're going to get this week. It, it's definitely the party 
of the PGA Tour yearly. It's one of those venues where the risk reward gets amplified on the back nine when diving into that built-in stadium venue on 16. That's going to put the fans as part of the show. And then the drivable par 4 17th that can quickly produce either an eagle or double bogey on the scorecard. I think if we ever return to a match play contest, and I genuinely hope the PGA Tour, if they ever do go that route, would consider using this property. I think there's a lot Mm. of obvious factors here because of that risk reward that I talked about. But I I thought there were a few traits about this week that could be easily modeled. Uh, Players see over a 3% increase in expected production off the tee. That's going to come because of the firm fairways, elevated setup, and the limited rough. You do have the desert pitfalls that are always looming if you go too wayward off the tee. But I will say the recent rain in Phoenix does have the propensity to at least slightly alter where the importance comes from for the week. So if you're looking at past historical data, I would at least keep that in mind. I'm not saying that that's necessarily going to be a massive deviation from what you could expect. But, you know, maybe the need for distance off the tee is a little bit more than the 60-40 split that I ran compared to accuracy if it's wet. There's an argument that the over 4% increase in projected shots that we get from 150 to 175 yards could maybe move into that 175 to 200 range. But I think really the core of that answer that I keep landing on and one of the big things that separated my model from a lot of others is just how heavily I weighed aggression. That's going to take the, 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 the brunt of that answer comes from going for the green. That's a PGA Tour stat that you can find on their website. From there, I did be, create this more wonky construction and that mad scientist route of trying to find something that I think is a little bit unique or different, but you know, players who will go for the green when given these drivable par fours, the scorable par fives golfers that can find a different gear when a quality shot is needed, when water is looming. I think those are all the key answers that we're looking for. Obviously blow up potential comes in with that mindset, but I do want to note that I went and I back tested this for five years. Um, Scotty Scheffler winning twice is going to be very natural to push this in the direction. So take this for what it's worth, but there hasn't been a player for me in the last five years of running this data. When I went back that has won this tournament outside of the top 50 of my model, when I reconstructed the meaning of aggression. So, um, there's a lot of players for me that are going to land in that range that are the favorites that we can talk about in the show. And, you know, I, I think the top of the board is very strong. I do think, though, there were a handful of options that maybe have some support in the space that I'm going to be off of this week. I will name a few of them. It doesn't mean that they can't find safety here. I think from an outright perspective, these are all names I'm going to be out of, though, and I think it's just at least worth mentioning because they were outside the top 50. That'd be guys like Brendan Todd, Bezayden Hout, Denny McCarthy, which I know Nick likes McCarthy a little bit. That was kind of the thing that pushed me off of him. Uh, Andrew Putnam, Lucas Glover. Brian Harmon, that's a wild statement for me to come on this show and and say something negative about Harmon. I think Adam Hadwin is a very popular choice this week. I I think he's safe and we've seen it in the desert before, but I don't know if the upside is necessarily as indicative when you look at some of those lack of aggression stats. Alex Noren, Thomas Dietrich, JT Poston would really be the the big name of that group. Uh, I mean, he's a sub 35 to one choice at most books. Worry a little bit about his total driving. Worry a little bit about his ability to be aggressive when push comes to shove. Doesn't mean I don't think he can provide one of those top 10 or 20 finishes. But uh, if we're looking at an outright bet, which we will get into shortly here, it's easier to get rid of some of those names when they didn't show as value, plus had a secondary problem. I think you made a lot of great points there, Spencer. And I will echo that this would be an awesome match play golf course. I think this course, TPC Sawgrass, um, some of the other ones in the major championships would also be fantastic. And I would love to have that back in our PGA tour rotation. This is another week where we've got uh, POA greens. Uh, it's POA overseed this week. So similar, but not quite going to be as bumpy as last week. So keep that in mind as well. Nick, anything else you'd like to add, or would you like to start with your outright card? Yeah, I'll start with an outright card, and I know you're going to be in on it too. I, again, I just this is the first time I think in over a year, if not ever, that my model has actually put, pushed out someone in the five to one range. So without a hold percentage, I have Scotty Scheffler at five eighty. So I mean, putting in a hold percentage and what I would actually do if this was our legal market, I'd probably have Scotty right around plus four fifty five to one. So I guess maybe a tiny bit of value. For me on Scotty, just don't have room on the card right now. So maybe I will wait 
I have Scott Stallings at 200 to 1, Davis Thompson 200 to 1, your boy, and I guess my boy as well, especially in the DFS space this week, Kurt Kitayama at 90 to 1. I dove and took Daniel Berger 150 to 1. We don't really need to take hmm. talk about that. And then Grayson Sig 400 to 1. I'm in between. Uh, I did take a posting ticket early in the week. I guess I could cash out. I know that that's a gambling taboo here, but they are offering me even money just to cancel that. So uh, JT posting at 35 to 1 was a ticket I punched yesterday. I absolutely hate it. I'd much rather go to Corey Connors at 60 to 1 or leave room for potentially. I, I kind of like Adam Scott a little bit too here, guys. I'm intrigued by Burger. What? Just a pure number grab on that one? Number grab, yeah, absolutely. I saw 60 to 1 at one of the uh, other books that I like. My numbers had him at 82 to 1. So to get 150, I was like, okay, maybe it's Daniel Burger. It's a watered down field. You know, I know his numbers at Farmers were dreadful. Um, but, you know, if the ball striking comes back from the Amex and a course that he's pretty familiar with and has had success here back when his game was in form and he was healthy, I'll take the talent of Daniel Berger. Yeah, and you mentioned the bad numbers at Farmers. He missed the cut, so only one round of track data for him there. So yep. we'll not a ton to go off of yet with Berger, but strong numbers at the Amex. Again, another course rotation, so only two out of four rounds counted there. But he was among the, looks like, the top uh, 15 in approach that week. So... I'm I'm interested in Daniel Berger. We know he's an elite talent, been on the Ryder Cup before. He's going to pop up at some point. It's just a matter of when. And if you get that 150 to 1 out there when there's a 60 to 1, I think that's a smart way of going about it. Uh, also, one thing we didn't mention this week, everybody's playing on the same golf course this week, whereas the last few weeks we've had course rotations. So a little bit less variance involved with just only having one course. So that'll also potentially favor some of the better golfers as we are in the fifth We've had five consecutive 100 to one or longer winners win on the PGA Tour this week. But getting back into our outright bets, Spencer, who you got on your card this week? So I talked last week about Wyndham Clark being, I would say at the time, the most impactful outright I'd ever hit when I had him at 100 to one at the US Open. I, I think doing it again at Pebble Beach may end up matching that traction when all is said and done. But I, I kind of glossed over this fact, Roberto, and uh, I talked about how it wasn't the most financially impactful. So the most financially impactful outright for me came from Corey Connors during the 2019 Valero Texas Open. Bet him at 250 to one as a Monday qualifier. Did that to win 31.25 units. Uh, that is essentially what's going to equate to between four to four and a half outright wins for me on that wager. Just with how I usually structure my card. My model saw a big edge there. I attacked it for as much as I could. And it ended up becoming the biggest bet I've ever hit. So I do think Connors has a particular skill set that possesses a much higher ceiling to win at specific venues than others. I don't think it's a fluke why he's won at the Valero Texas Open twice. Um, and that's his only two wins. Um, I kind of already talked about some of that match play quality that I'm looking for. Connors was always one of those guys at Austin Country Club who would see a boost in my model specifically there. And and really it comes down to, I grabbed him at 70 to one. He's now fallen more into that 60 to one range. I still think there's value in that number there. Uh, we've historically seen TPC Scottsdale as this venue where I guess I'll use the, the industry terminology here. Like it's one of those courses of like team, no putt golfers that are going to further increase their ceiling for success that are, that, are, that are able to do it because of their ball striking. We saw the sixth place grade for weighted total driving and approach in my model that molded well with his top 15 return for the reprojected strokes gain T to green that I ran over the last 24 rounds. And as I talked about last week, like I came on this show with you, Roberto, I fully faded him in a matchup against Wyndham Clark. This is not a golfer that I've necessarily have been on for many of these weeks, but you know, I was impressed by his 31st. I thought that was a course that didn't really suit his game. And now we all of a sudden get a venue here where if you're telling me in the last eight years, five of the winners, we have Scheffler twice, Woodland once, Hideki twice. Those are not necessarily guys you think about as putters. Those are ball strikers. You have the king himself of team no putt, Kyle Stanley in 2012, who won this title. Like Connors has all the ball striking acumen to actually capture this event. I think it was a price that when it opened at 70, it was probably 20 points too high in the market. I think at the 60s that you can find over on like a bet 365, it's still 10 points too high. So a bunch of value there to consider. I bet Akshay Batia at 66 to one. 
I think if this run with the putter ends up being something that we can expect to continue, that his upside is through the roof. He's 47th in strokes gained putting over his past 24 rounds. 34th on similar green complexes when I ran it for this course. Uh, those are going to be massively uh, bigger totals that surpass the 106 place baseline that I have for him on any generic course. I think he's a shot maker that's going to go for broke. The downside is if he goes wayward and misses, but says outright bet, I'm going to shoot for the upside there. And I told Nick this when we filmed Better Golf together, uh, there was only five players for me in this field who place in the top 15 and went aggression, ball striking, and weighted scoring. Scotty Scheffler is one of them. That's why he's won this tournament in back-to-back -back years, and he's also the best player. Cameron Young, who my model, that was kind of the one big selling point on him that I think this is a better course for him. Uh, Davis Thompson, who I also bet at 200 to one, I'll get into a much shorter breakdown there in a second. And then, uh, Siwoo Kim, uh, then that would be included with Akshay there. So I, I think we're, we're looking at a player there in Akshay and a player in, in Davis Thompson, that there's just a lot of upside that you're going to get at the price. I took Eric Van Royen, 125 to one, love the form that he's bringing to the mix here. Uh, nine top 30 finishes globally in his past 10 starts. I took Adam Svensson, 150 to one. He was one of only 13 golfers in this field to crack the top 60 of all six statistical categories that I ran. Uh, Davis Thompson, 200 to one. Now the Thompson one is intriguing to me guys, because let's just look for upside for a second. That's one of the things I did in my model. I only looked at the seven biggest birdie or better holes that I could find. I removed everything else from the mix. Number one in my model on those birdie or better holes that's going to be the par fives, the drivable par fours, any of those shorter par fours. Um, Scotty Scheffler, number one. Justin Thomas, number two. Davis Thompson, number three. I don't, obviously he's going to have to like hold himself together on the other 11 holes, but we're talking about a 200 to one golfer right now that I'm willing to shoot for the upside there. And then I wrap my card up with a golfer that I seem to be on every single week who has not made a cut so far this year. Jonathan Vegas, 350 to one. Don't think the form is as bad as it continues to be. I've said this multiple times on the show. That farmer's performance was really a bad round one. Couldn't make a putt. He shot himself down the leaderboard. Then he shot himself back up the leaderboard. Uh, most of these missed cuts are coming by a shot or two. I, I just thought 350 to one was a really fun dart throw um, for a game that does match up ideally for TPC Scottsdale. Pro teams have millions to spend and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands. So you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most, when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I got a lot of overlap in y'all's cards, and I'll start off by going with Akshay Batia. Spencer, you said you got him at 66 to 1. You can find him on our sponsor right now in the Enhanced Wind Market at 90 to 1. So, as always, be sure to shop around. And Spencer, we were talking about this off the air. Bet365 has many of the best prices in the market as far as outrights go this week. So I would absolutely highly recommend checking that out. Uh, going through the rest of my card, we've already had some overlap, so I won't go into these too deep. But Siwoo Kim, 
mentioned him in our early outright betting article yesterday on Monday. Got him at 70 to 1. He's still out there at Bet365 at 65 to 1. You mentioned that he is aggressive. He is an absolute ball striker. We know that I think there's some commonality between here and TBC Sawgrass in that you've really got to take on and hit some tough shots, especially down the stretch. And Siwoo Kim, youngest winner of the Players' Championship in the history of the PGA Tour, he can get it done here. It's just an adventure with the putter. And speaking of adventures with the putter, got Corey Connors. He's out there at 65 to 1 on Bet365 as well. Very similar cap for him. Really strong off the tee. Really strong with those long irons. Uh, These are all guys who I think that we're betting on this week, the team no putt guys, who could be targets in major championships because of the long iron play that they possess. And off the tee, that really separates a lot of the big time players. And you've seen a lot of overlap between some major champions winning this golf course at this golf course and then going on to win later. Uh, You mentioned Matsuyama, Kepka, Scheffler among those. Um, Continuing down my card, got everybody else at long shots 90 to 1 or longer. Kevin Yu, 90 to 1 on Bet365. He went to college at Arizona State, so he should be very familiar with the course here in Scottsdale. Desert golf. Speaking of desert golf, also am on Kurt Kitayama outright at 100 to 1. Also a desert golfer having gone to college at UNLV. Shout out the Running Rebels. And then I also have Luke List, who has shown some signs of life with the putter when he won in the fall at the Chicken Championship over there in uh, in Mississippi at the Sanderson Farms. Hasn't had a lot of great putting since then, but the ball striking has been really strong, as it always is. Uh, five straight tournaments where he's gained on approach uh, pretty strongly as well. So I like Luke List in the outright market. And then I've also got Adam Shank, 120 to 1. He is one of my two players who actually can putt, whom I bet on this week. He can get lightning hot, and his mid-long irons are also pretty strong. So like Adam Shank's chances of potentially pulling a Wyndham Clark and getting hot out of nowhere, shooting a 63 maybe, and vaulting up the leaderboard. And then similarly, I really like Taylor Moore at 200 to 1. This one more of a number grab. He's not as pure of a ball striker as the other guys that I've mentioned. But he can also get strong. He can also get hot with his putter. He is better with his longer irons than uh, that is the strength of his iron play, and which is why we bet him last year at the Valspar. So give me Taylor Moore at two hundred to one, and that is my outright betting card. I'm still debating whether I want to venture into Cameron Young potentially because while his PJ Tour numbers aren't strong, he finished third in his most recent start on the DP World Tour. So that was very intriguing. He lost strokes putting in that event at the Hero Dubai Desert Classic, but gained over a stroke and a half per round on approach. We know that he's got big time game. He's contended in major championships. And with him, I think I saw a moment ago on Bet365 that he was sneaking out to 50 to 1. Uh, let's double check that. He is 50 to 1 on Bet365. So I think I'm going to add that as my in pond play. 50 to 1. You mentioned the aggression. I don't know how safe he is this week. I don't think he's very safe, but for pure upside, I'm going to add Cameron Young to my card at 50 to one. So last week, Roberto, I I talked to you a little bit into Wyndham Clark. Mm -hmm. I think you may have sold me on the Siwoo Kim ticket. Uh, That was kind of one of those names. I I think at this point, that's going to be my in pod play this week. I will add Siwoo Kim at 65 to one. That'll give me a half unit that I currently have in exposure. I was trying to save a little bit more just for the potential that I could put, like get to Scotty Scheffler if that number drifted. Um, but I think that's one of the better prices that's still currently on the board right now. We've seen a lot of market movement where these numbers have dipped into either totals that are not bettable anymore or potentially some of these spots where like most of the value's gone. Uh, I still think that 65 to one number, there's enough meat left on that bone there to, to punch that ticket. So I'm going to join you here on Siwoo Kim and let's hope for back to back in pod plays that come in. Let's do it. Um, and just a plug for our action network golf content. You can always check out our early outright betting card. That'll be up by noon Eastern every single Monday. So we're going to try to get you some bets on guys whom we think the market might move on and try to help you out because we know our podcasts don't come out until Tuesday night. We don't have our best bets out till Tuesday afternoon, Tuesday evening. And sometimes you got a guy like Ben on whom everybody was on in our group 
at 50 to one. Now you look at it, he's 28 to one on some books. So we're going to try to give you some kind of advantage or some kind of bets that might not be around when some of our other content comes out. So be sure to keep an eye out for that as well. Also wanted to give a reminder that the Links and Locks podcast is proudly presented by Bet365. Bet365 doesn't do ordinary. That's why you can get more boost with them than anyone else. Every day they power up the odds on hundreds of bets to give you a chance to win more. Bet365 boosts specific markets, your winnings, and even parlays, and they don't stop there. Keep an eye out for their biggest and best odds with the incredible Super Boost. Check out the boost and see why it's never ordinary at Bet365. Must be 21 or older and present in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Louisiana, New Jersey, Ohio, Virginia, or 18 and older in Kentucky. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. All right, guys, we've gone through our outright betting cards. Let's go through the rest of our cards this week. Nick, I'll give you the tee box. That's it for me. Just the outrights in Corey Connors' uh, top 10, I think. So right now, my outright card has 0.5 units at risk. So I was waiting for maybe Scotty to start a little slow and get like a six and a half, seven to one number. Probably not going to get that. I think I'm going to hop on Siwoo and just call it a week and leave yeah. about a quarter to a third unit in play for live betting. All right. Love it. We're all on Siwoo. We're all on Corey Connors. Spencer, yep. who else you on this week? I, I mean, right now that's my card also. I mean, right. I have a couple plays that I'd like to just workshop with you guys that I had value on that. I, I don't know if I'm necessarily going to get there on any of these prices and it's the outright card that I'm talking about just in top 10 form. So, you know, Connor's plus 550 at bet 365. I think that's one of the best values that you can still find on the board. I don't think that number will last. I, I think that will be gone uh, very shortly. So jump on that early if you like Connor's this week. Here's the three, I guess, that are the most intriguing that I at least want your guys' opinion on. Svensson for a top 10, 10 to 1. Uh, Van Royen for a top 10, 8.5 to 1. Davis Thompson for a top 10, 12 to one. Any of those catch your interest? I'd go with Davis. I like Svensson. I just feel like top 10 is a little too much upside for what he possesses. I think I look at him as more of a cut maker and maybe that's just my data and my personal perception on him, but he just, he's a cut maker to me. I kind of like Van Royen. I really like the approach numbers that he's been super consistent recently with Gang strokes on approach, eight of his last nine track tournaments, and the one tournament on the PGA Tour that wasn't tracked in that span, he won down there in Cabo. So he also can putt well, whereas I think there's some, I think there's more upside with him than the other two guys. Davis Thompson, the putting and the short game isn't super exciting for me, and I just don't think that his upside on with his irons is that high. The only ones that we've seen where he's really stood out with his iron play have been at rotational courses where we don't have the full four rounds of data. So I just think EVR has a little bit more upside, but Davis Thompson can do it with the driver a little bit better than those other guys. Yeah. I mean, I think that's fair. If I was to power rank them, I, 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 I think they're all very close. Um, I might end up getting there on Thompson. I just think he's such a boomer bust commodity to where, you know, he may miss this cut and come in dead last place. And you may know that early on Thursday morning, but I just think that if we're shooting for upside, that 12 to one price is very intriguing. I think Van Royen probably is the safest of that group, which is why he's probably also the, I mean, it's plus 850, but he's also the most likely of those three names based off of those prices. Um, I just love the form that he's bringing. Like he's third this week entering the event. When you look at uh, par or better, I think 27 consecutive rounds he has shot par or better on the PGA Tour. Um, that's behind only Hostler and I believe Akshay. So, um, you know, there, there's a lot to like about him. And, and I think that you can take some of these upside chances with guys like this, whether that's a top 10 market or to win, just because the, the top of the board does get shaky once we get past, I'm going to say Homa, Scheffler, and Thomas. I agree. I don't have a ton of confidence in those guys between 20 and 55 to one this week. Yeah. Um, and if I was putting together a DFS lineup, I wouldn't have many of those guys in there 
either. And I think you got to have one of Scheffler and Thomas. And I, I don't hate the price on Homa. I considered him at 20 to one. Same. Outright. But after he finished outside the top 65 in a 80 man field last week, I think I'm going to pass. But I don't think there's that much significance to that poor finish we've seen homa bounce back before i i uh, think i think homa if, if you're looking at the three of them and you're asking just the question like scotty's the most likely one to win if you're asking which one possesses the best value of the three i think it's homa i also considered that number i didn't ultimately get there um but this is a nice bounce back spot for him i i don't know why he didn't perform at pebble that should have been a perfect venue for him uh you know sometimes there's just bad results that happen and there's really nothing to point in that profile of his for why that should have happened. I mean, just, just go look at his results, whether you, you know, want to bring it up on the official world golf rankings website or, or wherever it is that you pull your data from on it. I, Homa has been stellar for months now. Everything about his game is really solid. So there's really no terrible course fits for Homa. And yeah. if you want to just buy the dip on him this week, I think it's a nice way to go about it. Um, getting back into my card, I have Kitayama for the top 10. That was my best bet. I bet Kevin Yu plus 550 for top 10. I'm also going to tail you guys on Corey Connors. So all guys I've bet outright in the top 10 market, I'm betting as well on Team Noteput. And then for Luke List, I'm going to go plus 330 for a top 20, just in case he doesn't putt as well. But that all those numbers are with Ty's paid in full, by the way. So really like all those Team Noteput guys. was considering Taylor Moore plus 350 for top 20, but I like Luke List at just about the same number. Uh, as a much stronger ball striker. So that's my card for the week. Fellas, you want to hop into the rapid fire segment where we can go through all the guys whom we haven't mentioned near the top of the odds board. We'll say 50 50 to one or shorter. Uh, We haven't mentioned Justin Thomas guy whom I was on last week at 25 to one in a stronger field. Now he's 11 to one got great course history here. I think six of six times he's played here. All of them have been the top 20. I considered going with just a single dart on Justin Thomas this week. Didn't quite get there. What would you guys make proper on JT this week? And I'll start with you, Nick. I have him at 13 to one. So he's one of the guys who opened at 15 to one on bet three, six, five, but with Shoffley and Hovland withdrawing. Now he's 11 to one. Spencer, what would you make JT? I had him at 14 and a half to one. Okay. So you guys really like JT. We mentioned Homa. If I gave you an outright ticket on Jordan Spieth, who's currently 18 to 1 on Bet365, or Sam Burns at 22 to 1, or Wyndham Clark at 30 to 1, which one would you take? I'll start with you, Nick. Who's the first one again? Jordan Spieth, 18 to 1. Yeah, Spieth, all day. I, I mean, I, I just want to preface this and say I would like the Max Homa ticket over all those options. I agree. Um, I, I don't, I don't know, Roberto. Like, the. I mean, if you're giving me a ticket, obviously I, I would take one on, I guess, I guess give me Sam Burns, but like that's, I don't know if I necessarily want to be in that range outside of Homa. I would go with Wyndham Clark for what it's worth, but I feel like you're trying to catch the falling knife with him the week after he's won. So I would stay away from all three of those, but moving on down in the 30 to one range, Benny on is 32 to one to win this week. Sung J M is 35 to one. JT Poston is 35 to one. And Matt Fitzpatrick is also 35 to one. If I gave you a free ticket on one of those four guys, Spencer, who would you pick? I don't know, Roberto. At this point, I have a problem. I think I would just probably take Sungjae. I know the form has been horrible with back-to-back finishes that are just not what you want to see at the Farmers and Pebble at two courses that you would hope that he would find success. I just think the problem with the Ben on number, and I'm not necessarily even saying this as a, as a negative for why he can't win. I think if you got him at 50 to one, you made a great bet. I think now in this like 32 to one range, it's a much different value. Um, so I, I would be giving the Ben on answer solely because I don't want to miss out with the rest of the community at this point. But I think from a value answer, I would rather still take Sungjae, but uh, Ben on at 50 when that opened was probably one of the better prices in the space. Four of his last five times here. He's only played here five times. have been top 20 finishes, gain strokes on approach every single time. Nick, if you had to choose between those four guys, who would you pick? Give me the steam on bad on just because it's a free ticket. I can't chase a bad number now with my own bankroll. But yes, uh, this this dude's legit and the market yeah. seems to absolutely love him. And I respect that. So I'm in on bad on. We'll do two guys in the next in the next grouping. 
Minwoo Lee's 35 to 1. Sahit Thigala is 37 to 1. Thoughts on those two guys? Which which ticket would you take if you had a choice between the two, Spencer? I'll take the gala. If we look at what he did at this course in 2022, he should have won this tournament. He ended up going in the water uh, late in that event to to not get across the finish line. But, you know, I, I think the gala is one of those golfers where he, he will go for broken all these. And it's not Min Woo Lee will also. I, I'm not necessarily saying that, but like, I guess I worry more so while neither one of them necessarily have the proximity numbers that I would love to see for this course. Um, I have some more concerns with Min Woo from that 175 to 200 range. If some of those shots do get pushed back a little bit further. I think those are all very valid points. And one thing that stands out to me about Min Woo Lee is that he won twice over the fall period at the Fortinet Australia PGA Championship in November in a pretty strong field and on the Asian tour as well in October. But we don't have any data from those events. And he also had two other top six finishes at the Zozo where he was T6 and the Panda Australian Open where he was third. But we don't have data from those. And and all of his other recent performances, he's lost strokes on approach, lost in five consecutive track tournaments. But we don't have data from those four where he's played really well. So I'm still trying to figure out who Min Woo Lee is. We know that he finished T6 at the Players last year where he lost strokes on approach over a stroke per round. T5 at the US Open where he gained across the board. So we know he's got big time game, but I'm not quite sure who he is exactly yet. So I'm staying away. But Nick, if you had to choose between the Gala and Min Woo Lee, who would you take the ticket on in the mid I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Min Woo Lee. I think he gets up for the crowd. He seems to be a people pleaser. The crowd loves him. Uh, I'm gonna go with Min Woo. As much as I don't like his iron play, and again, I don't really know who he is. We know he's a bomber. I think he can make this course look pretty short and really tear up the par fives. He could probably hit three wood in the 17, uh, maybe even a hybrid, knowing his length. But I'm gonna go with Min Woo. I think that's kind of the contrarian answer. I'm not really huge on Thigala this week. I think a lot of people out there, especially in the DFS world, will kind of chase that one you know, top finish there, but I'm, I'm going to go with Minwoo. I think those two guys are really intriguing guys. I'm really excited to watch the rest of the season on the PGA tour. Jumping into the 45 to one range. We got Hideki Matsuyama at 45. Tom Kim is 50 to one. Cam Young, 50 to one as well. Spencer, if I gave you an outright ticket on one of those three guys, whom would you choose? I will go the Hideki route. I, I think this is a, this is one of those spots where, Back-to-back wins, all those finishes that we've seen from him inside of the top 20 at this tournament, he has shown flashes and maybe has not sustained over the course of an entire tournament yet, but you throw him on a course now all of a sudden where he has found historical success. One of, I would say, probably the venue for him when he was at his peak of this was the course. When he came here, you knew you were going to get vintage Hideki every single week, and uh, the upside numbers in my model liked him. Like he's, you have a bunch of players there. Like Cameron Young and and him are like the like two of the big boomer bust commodities. But uh, I kind of think Hideki has a better floor here than the general public would seem to believe. I think those are all very strong points, and he's also team no putt. So one of the guys who just didn't quite make our card because of the number, but you like him if we get the free bet. Nick, do you agree with that assessment? Second. I'm second on that notion. Spencer, you mentioned that you have a ticket this week at 350 to one on Johnny Vegas. Nick, you have a 200 to one out there as well. Who do you guys think is the longest price golfer right now who can win this event outside of maybe Jay Vegas, whom we've already mentioned? I'm going to say Davis Thompson. I'm going to say it's probably some combination of either Davis Thompson, who I have the ticket on. And then if you just want to mention a name that my model liked this week that I didn't get to. And um, I mean, at the price, there's there's definitely a reason to consider. I, I thought Nick Hardy was intriguing. He was one of those guys who I considered as well. I think he's out there That's in the 201 range. Drop there. Good ball striker. Yeah. Yeah. If, if there wasn't Scotty Scheffler and Justin Thomas at the top of the field, I think I would have taken a few more flyers. But at the end of the day, they're going to have to be one of those two guys or both of those two guys. And that makes things a lot more tough. I, I think, I think chasing, we've had five consecutive tournaments of winners over a hundred to one. I think all of us on this show would give the same answer that the reason why we have long shots 
has nothing to do with that factor. Like things will return to the norm and, and to the baseline of what you would expect at some point. It's just specifically in this spot that if Scheffler or Justin Thomas or Max Homa, I'll, I'll include all three of those into that mix. If one of those three don't win, I, I do think that there's a general lack of projected win equity in my model, either his, from a historical perspective or just guys that I am lower on than the market. Like I'm a little bit lower on Jordan Spieth when it comes to actual win equity here. So uh, it's fun, obviously, to look down this board and try to find all these values. And if the top of the board crumbles, I do think you have realistic opportunities here at that 200 to one plus range. But it's kind of to your point, Roberto, at, at some point, you don't want to stack your cards so extreme in that direction when Scotty Scheffler just ultimately goes out and three-peats this tournament or Justin Thomas goes out and wins this event with all the form that he's bringing to the mix. So uh, it's very cautious approach from all of us. I don't think any of us have a ton of exposure in the units that we have at risk right now. But I mean, for me, adding Siwoo, it's going to be a half of a unit in play. I think for Nick, it's going to be a very similar answer. Like These are dart throw chances that we're taking where I'm taking six or seven names over. I mean, if I want to bet Scotty at five to one and I'm trying to bet to win seven units, I'm at such a greater risk. So I just can't get there, unfortunately, with that way I would like to have exposure on my card. But, um, you know, I will save some in tournament action potentially and see where some of these numbers get because there's always value to be found. Wyndham Clark was one of those prime examples. Uh, I, I know people out there who wrote me on Sunday after the tournament was called. They bet him at 300 and 400 to one after round one. So there's always value to be found in the market if you're on top of it. And there's certain golfers that you like that maybe reach a price that all of a sudden becomes conducive to place the ticket on. But uh, I would just say, I think all three of us have this sentiment. Be very cautious of the top of the board because there's no point in overly stacking a card. I think one key reason why we've seen so many long shots win is the first two tournaments, the century where there are a lot of collection areas where guys are hidden from the same spots. Uh, short irons are a priority there. And then you got a club get on course at the Sony open where it takes away the advantage of length and a lot of long iron play that separates the good from the great players on the PGA tour. And then you got three course rotations where there's a little bit more variance added in. And specifically at the Amex where there are three courses and at pebble where those are two shorter groups of five courses. And then at Torrey Pines, where a lot of guys go super low on Torrey Pines North, and then the other three rounds just try to hang on. It just throws a little bit more chaos in there. And for my money, Matthew Pavone has been maybe the most impressive golfer relative to expectation yeah. entering 2024. There's no way he should have been 100 to 1, given what we know now. That number is never going to be around, except for maybe in a major, major championship. So I'm going to target Matthew Pavone as much as possible going forward. Uh, I thought he would have been a nice player to find in this field this week, but unfortunately he's not here this week. Um, but he won recently, so he doesn't have to play last week at Pebble this week and then go to another signature event at Riviera next week, which will be a blast, by the way. Uh, so it makes sense why he's not here. But I think that was just a misprice, given that we didn't have that much data on Pavone. But if it's not one of the top couple guys on the board this week, we've got our shots at over 100 to 1, and maybe it catches for a sixth straight week fellas great show thanks for hopping on with me today spencer where can we find your stuff this week yeah so i will have uh last week i talked about wyndham clark in my outright article i will have my outright article out at action network on wednesday we'll get more into some of the sharp movers in the space where there's still value to be found on the board ironically clark was the only name of the bets that i had last week that still had value as we entered wednesday I noted how I thought he should have been a 50 to one golfer that you could still get into the sixties there. So we'll talk about that there. I'll have all my in tournament bets, which have remained hot for the time being here Four and oh last week on head to heads. Two of those were pre-tournament. Two of those were in tournament. Uh, we'll have those plays out on the action network articles when they come in. And as always, you can find me on Twitter at T off sports. Awesome. Let's stay hot. Nick, you last week took Justin Thomas in our one and done pool. So nobody got more points than you. Unfortunately, I also had Justin Thomas in our one and done. So didn't gain any ground on me, but I think we're getting a little bit of separation. Who, where can we find your stuff this week? And I'll ask you guys about one and done in a moment because I forgot about that. Yeah, it'll be at Better Golf Pod on Twitter and then at Sticks Picks, S-T-I-X-P-I-C-K-S on Twitter. Uh, the DFS side of things has been extremely hot so far to start the PGA season. So I am excited about that. 
the uh, the 54 hole tournament last week helped a lot because we are very heavily exposed to uh, Wyndham Clark. So I'm excited for that and a little bit of Mark Hubbard. So that last lineup I had finished in the top 10 in all the tournaments I played it. So I love that. We'll try to stay hot this week. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to hear you guys' thoughts on one and done because I am a little, a little uneasy on this one. As of now, I'm leaning, leaning Corey Connors. Yeah, we in our outright cards we've got a lot of team no putt, which doesn't necessarily mean safety for one and done. And you don't want to play, you don't want to burn JT or Scotty in a tournament that doesn't have as much money as the signature events and the major championships. So it's an interesting decision this week. Uh, getting into where you can find my work this week, you can find all the stuff on Action Network Golf, whether it's on the app, on the website, you can find us on podcasts. Be sure to check it out. You can find me on Twitter at RobertoA213 as well. And for one and done, right now I've got Sibu Kim in there. Ooh, Pure okay. ball striker. I think he's got a little bit higher for, higher of a floor than the other guys that I've been on in the outright space this week. I think this is a good opportunity to get different this week and maybe save save your big guns so i have a few other guys i'm considering i've kevin you could be someone that's a sneaky play this week i also considered minwoo lee just because he's a total outlier but i he's more of an unknown but i don't think i want to use him yet benny on i think will be very popular this week so i'm going to stay away from him but right now i've got siwoo kim as my one and done spencer what are you considering in one and done this week I want to vent for one second. So, Roberto, I told you <laughs> last week that I thought if you were in a bigger contest, Wyndham Clark was the ultimate contrarian <laughs> route to take in. I mm-hmm. took him in one of my one and dones that has over 100 people. In the Action Ooh. Network contest, I got weaseled, and I know he was fine. I got weaseled into Colin Morikawa somehow. I, I, I could have gone the entire season without taking taking Colin Morikawa, and I would have been fine. And I, I am regretting that decision. I wish I would have just gone... Uh, with Wyndham Clark in both because it would be a much different contest at this point right now. But since I didn't do that and, you know, I got a couple hundred thousand from Colin and kind of sitting in the middle of the pack right now, don't love to hear that Nick is going to probably take Corey Connors because that's where I am leaning right now. All right. You could take him and I will go with Adam (laughs) Scott unless you guys talk me off him. I feel like he's going to be a very sneaky play. No one's going to talk about and want it done and he could top five this. I like Adam Scott this week, not just because I would rather you take a different name than me, but I I think Adam (laughs) Scott is a good pick this week. All right. So that's our one and done. Thank you guys for hopping on the show. This was a blast. And hopefully we stay hot with another winner this week outright on the pod. Once again, you can find Nick on Twitter at sticks picks that sticks with an X. You can find Spencer on Twitter at T off sports. You can find me on Twitter at Roberto a two one three. want to give a big thank you to everyone who makes this podcast possible, especially our producers, Noah Niederhofer, David Payne and Matt Mitchell. And want to give a big thank you to you, the fans for supporting this podcast and for being there because without you guys, none of this is possible. So thank you and good luck this week. Here's to hitting another outright at the 2024 WM Phoenix Open. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.